Now, I want to talk to you today about your heavenly body. I don't mean the one you've got now. Some of you think your body's heavenly. Some of you know you don't have a heavenly body. How many of you can say amen to that? All right. But you're going to. Now, the Bible talks about us understanding the width, the breadth, the height, the depth of what Jesus has done for us. And we talk so often about our soul being saved. And our soul is saved. But God's also got a plan for your body. And that's going to be a part of heaven. Because he's going to fit you for heaven. He's going to get you fitted for heaven. If I want to go scuba diving or skin diving and down in the depths of the ocean, I've got to put on a diving suit. I've got to put on oxygen. I've got to get fitted to go down there or I will perish there. The Bible says our corruptible bodies cannot enter into the glories of heaven. They must be changed. So we're going to see today that God's got a plan for our body. Reading Philippians 3, 20 and 21, we are citizens of heaven. Everybody say amen. Amen. Say with me, I've got a dual citizenship. Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. So we're citizens where Jesus lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Now look what it says he will do in verse 21. He will take our what? Weak mortal bodies and change them into what? Glorious bodies. Like his own. Like his own. Our resurrected bodies are going to be like Jesus' resurrected body. How will he do it? Using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. Illuminate us. Renew our minds. Help us to understand what you have really done for us by dying on the cross. Spilling that crimson blood. And rising from the dead on our behalf. Help us to understand what that has released towards us in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, will you breathe a prayer, church, and say, speak to my heart today, Lord. Renew my mind in Jesus' name. Amen. Tell your neighbor, heavenly body is coming. Your heavenly body is coming. Amen. Now, so far, we've talked about heaven. Uh, This is the third Sunday. We've talked about heaven, um, first of all, that heaven is a place. Heaven's not an idea, a philosophy, a myth, or a fable, or a metaphor. But heaven is a place. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you might be also. It's a real place. And then we also saw that heaven is where our soul goes as soon as we die. Remember when I... Sure, last week, put the glove on my hand, the glove representing the body and my hand representing the soul. And I shared with you that the glove is animated only as long as my hand is in it. But as you take my hand out of that glove and it goes limp and it's as if it were dead. Your body is the same way. The only way you're able to sit here today and look at me and listen to me is your soul is still in your body. But when your body expires... The soul, the hand, comes out of the glove. The soul leaves the body and immediately goes into the presence of the Lord. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. There's no purgatory. There's no soul sleep. There's no intermediary place. When the Christian dies, 
When the body expires, our soul immediately goes to heaven. But what about the body? Well, we not, might not pay much attention to that because we talk so much about getting your soul saved. And, you know, um, I'm saved and my soul is going to be in heaven. And he died to save my soul. But he also died to redeem and resurrect your body. So I'm going to show you that today. Let me read the verse again. He will take our weak mortal bodies. Here's the promise. And he will change them into glorious bodies just like his. That's a promise. That's a promise. God's got a plan for your body. Paul the Apostle wrote, listen to what he said about resurrected bodies. He said, I can't wait for mine. He said, we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our what? Bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including, read it with me, the new bodies he has promised us. So we've got a promise for a brand new body. And I'm so glad to tell you, with this new body, you won't have to cut calories. You won't have to worry about carbs. You won't have to work out anymore. You're going to be able to give up your club membership. God's going to give you a glorified body. Seriously, I'm being serious. He's going to give you a glorified, resurrected body. That's promised to us. That's part of the promise of God. That's part of the salvation package. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, the hour is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice. Only dead people are in graves. Only dead bodies are in graves. Look what it says. All who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. And those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Notice, every human being who ever lived is going to be resurrected. Not just saved people, lost people. Notice he said there's two kinds of resurrection. And this is Jesus talking. This is the red ink in your Bible. Jesus said if you're saved, if you believed on him, and you accepted him as Savior and his blood covered your sins... Yours is going to be a resurrection into eternal life. But those who have done evil will be resurrected into condemnation. And it's just that simple. There's no fence. There's no in-between place. There's no other option. Every person who has been saved is going to be resurrected into eternal life. But every person who said, Jesus, I don't need you, I don't want you, who resists his promptings and resists his call, They will one day be called out of the grave and they will face the great white throne judgment of God and they will answer for their sins. And that's as simple as that. That's what Jesus said. In another place, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead, dead bodies, will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Glory to God. Let me read another one to you. This is the will of the Father, Jesus said, who sent me, that everybody who sees the Son and believes in Him. Notice, not everybody who is a good person, not everybody who is a good citizen, 
Not everybody who's a good mom or dad or never gets a traffic ticket. No, everyone who believes in him will have everlasting life. Now, look at the promise here. It's a mind blower. Listen to this. Let it really sink in. Jesus said, he that believes in me, I will raise him up from the grave at the last day. Wow. Jesus, the day is coming when Jesus is going to empty graveyards all over the world. Now, here's the deal. Some of you are thinking, now, Jeff, I've been thinking about what you've been saying the last few weeks. And, and, and I got a real question because, because people are cremated and, and people have been in, in, in their, uh, dead for centuries and their bodies are nothing but dust. There are people who have loved ones who die and they have their bodies cremated and the ashes are put into an urn. And they take that urn and, and they take it to, say, the ocean or some part of the world that that person really loved. And they spread the ashes. Now, you might say, how in the world is God going to raise nothing but ashes and give it a glorified body? Good question. Let me answer it. You remember it says in the book of Genesis that when God made the world, it says he made everything by his word. He said, let there be light and there was light. Let there be fishes in the sea and there were fishes in the sea. He spoke the animal kingdom into existence. He flung the stars into space by his word. By his word, the Bible says, ex nihilo, meaning out of nothing, something. He created with his word. He spoke and out of nothing, Something came. That's the power of God's word. When God talks, when he speaks, it creates. And so everything we see here, taste, touch, and smell, was was created by the word of God. Except you, except me, except man. Because the Bible says when God made to make, went to make man, it says he made him, formed him, shaped him, fashioned him out of the dust of the earth. He reached into the earth, and out of the earth, he made man. So he had building materials when it came to you and me. We were special. We were unique in God's eyes. We, we were more valuable. He took more time. He said, let us make man, talking to God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. Let us make man. And he scooped out the earth and formed and fashioned and made Adam out of dust. Now, I ask you, if God can do that with Adam, if he can take dust and form a man out of it, why can he not speak and bring dust, the dust of long dead bodies, back to life and raise them in a resurrected body? Of course he can. He's going to give us a resurrected body. That's how God's going to do it. He's going to speak. And it's going to happen in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trump. The dead in Christ shall rise first. The dead bodies will rise first. And those of us who are still walking around, we're also going to be caught up together with them in the clouds. And we will be changed on the way up. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm looking forward to that day. I believe it is near. See, when God speaks, he can do anything. God can do anything with the word of God. He can do anything. 
So Peter, Paul, James, John, and Jude, by now they're nothing but dust. He's going to bring their bodies together, the dust together, and give them a brand new body just like his. So let me remind you the promise again now that he's going to give us resurrected bodies just like his. Well, if it's going to be just like his, then what was his like? When Jesus got up from the dead and walked around Jerusalem for 40 days and nights, what was his body like? What could it do? What was it like? Because we can look at it and know what ours is going to be like. So the first thing I see, his body was imperishable. Imperishable. Our new bodies, folks, will not be able to die. They will never die. Jesus said, he that believes on me will have everlasting life. So our new bodies will never die. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, so is also the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. Incorruptible simply means cannot die. Our bodies will be raised incorruptible, incapable of ever dying. Amen. The psalmist said this about Jesus. The psalmist wrote, and it's almost like Jesus is talking right through the psalmist. It says, you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One, Jesus, to see corruption. So the grave could not hold Jesus because Jesus' body was incorruptible. And if Jesus' body was incorruptible, so ours will be incorruptible. Can I tell you about life for a second? Listen to this. It was never God's plan for you and me to look into the coffin of a dead loved one. It was never God's plan for us to go visit a grave and weep over a loved one who has gone. That was never God's plan. You know, we talk about natural death. Well, they died naturally. Can I tell you something today? Really, God, biblically speaking, in God's eyes, there's nothing natural about death. God never intended for us to die. When Adam and Eve were created, they had eternal bodies. But they died because of sin. I mean, it's really that simple. Adam and Eve would have lived forever had they never sinned. The Bible says, therefore, through one man, Adam, sin entered the world and death through sin. And thus, death spread to all men. Everything living dies now because of the entrance of sin into the universe. But it was never God's plan. It was never his highest plan. It was never what he intended, not death. But through Jesus' death on the cross, this curse of death, this curse was reversed for all who place their faith in Him. You will never die again. Amen. Never die again. Our resurrected bodies will be just like His. It says in Romans 6, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He, read these next three words with me, cannot die Again. Well, if he can't die again, and our resurrected bodies are going to be just like his, we can't die again. Death has no more hold over us. Amen? Jesus said to Martha and Mary, who were kind of chiding him for getting there late when Lazarus had gone ahead and died, if only you had been here, Lord, our brother would not have died. And Jesus looked at them and said, you don't get it, do you? I not only resurrect people, I am the resurrection. You get me around dead things, they come back to life. 
Jesus never could preach a good funeral. Because he always raised them back to life. And he said, listen to what he said. He, he said, I am the resurrection of the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. I'm going to read that again. Though he may die, he shall live. Can I read it one more time? Though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, what are the next three words? Shall never die. Good news. Good news. So our resurrected body will not be able to ever, 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 ever be touched by death. But then I see a second thing about Jesus' resurrected body. It was glorious and it was recognizable. Now remember, as his was, so will ours be. When talking about the death and the burial of Christians, Paul wrote these words, Our bodies are buried in brokenness. And they are, aren't they? They're buried in brokenness. Something broke them. Heart disease, cancer, something. Something happened and finally the body died. And they die in brokenness. They're buried in brokenness. But they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. Now, I love that word glory. Now, he says, they, they will be raised in glory. The word glory means splendor, brightness. Our bodies, when they're raised, will be raised in splendor and in brightness. I believe our bodies will effervesce with the glory of God. We'll be luminescent with the glory of God. You know, Moses went up in the mountain one day. And he went up there to get the Ten Commandments and he stayed a long time. And he didn't eat and he didn't, and he didn't drink. He was with God. He was just totally shut in with God on the mountain. And the Bible says when he came down from that mountain with the tablets in his hand, it says that he was glowing in the dark. He was bearing the glory of God. He was carrying the glory of God. He was glowing with the glory. So much so that the children of Israel said, hey, hide your face. We can't look at the glory that's on you, Moses. You're shining. And it's not this, this week I saw a commercial. I saw a commercial and this attractive woman, she's doing this commercial about some makeup. And she said, if you put on this makeup, your face will glow. And I just studied for this message. And I was thinking, hey, lady, let me tell you how to really glow. And you won't have to pay for it. It, Max Factor can't give you what I'm about to tell you about. If you get saved and when God raises your body from the dead, you're going to be raised in glory. You're going to glow with the glory. You're going to effervesce. You're going to shine. And it's not going to cost you. And you're never going to get old. You're never going to get wrinkles. I mean, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate blessing for a body. Splendor and brightness. When Jesus went on the Mount of Transfiguration, it says, all of a sudden, it says, he was transformed, so his face shone like the sun. Can you imagine how bright that is? His face was shining where you had to squint to look at it. And his clothes became as white as light. He was shining with the glory of God. When you are raised, it'll be, you're going to be raised in glory, in glory. In both Moses' case and Jesus' case, there was a manifest luminescence 
revealed on them a splendor and a brightness. And I believe our resurrected bodies are going to have the same luminescent glow. But watch this. We're also told that while Jesus was standing there, Moses appeared and Elijah appeared. Moses on one side, Elijah on the other. Moses representing the law, Elijah representing the prophets. And they were all shining. And the Bible says that the disciples recognized them. Recognized Moses and Elijah. How'd they know who it was? I love what it says about Peter. Because Peter's so much like me. I love this. It literally says this. Not knowing what to say, he said. I love that. I I mean, hey folks, if you don't know what to say, don't say. But this wasn't Peter. He was blown away. He was freaked out. He's sitting here looking at at three people. You know, Jesus, his face is shining where you can't even look at it. And here's Moses, the great Moses, Moses. I mean, to us, that's heavy. But to Peter, that was inconceivable. The giver of the law, who he was taught about all his life. And Elijah. So not knowing what to say, he said. And he tried to put God in the box. Listen to this. If you wish, Lord. Or I love this. Lord, it's good for us to be here. That, that's clearly being bum-fuzzled, right? Now, he goes on. If you wish, I will put up three shelters. Now, look at how he's trying to put God in the box. He's trying to capture a Holy Ghost moment when you really can never do that. He said, let me, let me build three shelters, Lord. One for you, one for Moses. He wants to put Jesus in a shelter. And he wants to put Moses and Elijah in a shelter. But here's my point. He knew them. He recognized them. Not only were they glowing with effervescent glory, but he recognized them. The Bible reveals that Jesus appeared at least 10 or 12 times in 40 days and nights all throughout Jerusalem after his resurrection. And the Bible says people knew who who he was. They knew him. His disciples knew him. Those that had followed him knew him. Mary Knew him when she saw him outside the tomb. She didn't recognize him at first, but then she did. She knew him. He was recognizable. And I believe in heaven, our glorified bodies are going to be recognizable. I have scriptural authority for this. I believe our bodies are going to be recognizable. The Bible says, now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, listen to this great promise, but then I shall know just as I also am known. In other words, there's not anything we won't know. We will know just like we've been known. We will have the knowledge of God fully and completely. There will be no more mysteries, no more enigmas, no more things we don't understand. We will know. And that has to include recognizing loved ones in heaven. Jesus taught that our relationships there won't be the same. He said, in heaven there's not going to be any marrying or giving in marriage. But guess what? There's going to be a level of relationship far excelling anything we've ever been able to know on earth because there will be no sin, no flesh, no flaws, no devil. We will love one another with perfect love. We will see Him. And when we see Him, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. And what is He? He is pure, undiluted, industrial strength, love. 
He has perfect love. And we'll be just like that. So there won't be any more racism, no more arguments. Can you imagine? No more arguments, no more disagreements. We will all be on the same page theologically. Isn't that something? We won't be wondering, once saved, always saved, and, you know, Calvinism versus Arminianism. None of that, none of that, none of that, none of that. We're, we're going to know as we have been known. We're all going to be in perfect unity and agreement. Wonderful. No more marital conflicts. No more racism. No more prejudice. No more hatred. Perfect love. Ruling all. Won't you love just, hey, good to see you up here. How long have you been here? Oh, I've been here a little longer than you. But you'll recognize them. There's no doubt in my mind about it. I, I can prove it to you even further. Before I close this particular point out, watch this. Jesus said, I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But wait a minute. How are we going to know it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob if we don't recognize them? We're going to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Won't you love sitting down with Abe? Abraham, thank you for walking by faith. You messed up when you lied about your wife, but you got it together. And I'm so glad you walked by faith. God bless you, Abraham. Good to meet you. And Jacob, he really changed you, didn't he? You went from a con man to the... Prince of Peace. He changed your name, changed your life. Good to see you, Jacob. I want to meet David. Adam, I'm going to have a word with. You shouldn't have eaten that thing, Adam. You shouldn't have listened to her. Should have stood strong. And where is he, by the way? Let me talk to her, too. They'll all be there. We'll recognize them. Jesus said so. You're going to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So we will recognize others and be recognized by them in our glorified state. So watch this. Our new glorified bodies will never die. They will be glorious, effervescing with the glory of God, and they will be recognizable. But third, I found something else about Jesus' resurrected body. It was physical and it was tangible. Listen to what the Bible says. And again, let me read the promise to you. When he comes back, he will take these dying bodies of ours and change them into glorious bodies like his own. Using the same mighty power he will use to conquer everything else. So, what was his resurrected body like? Well, it says that he had a body of flesh and of bone that could be touched and felt. Jesus appeared to his disciples behind closed doors, and here's what he said. He said, behold, my hands and my feet. They were doubting. He said, I want you to look. Guys, look at me. He said, behold, my hands and feet. I'm here in a real body. It's I myself. Now listen to the next two words. Handle me. Handle me. And see. Touch me. Touch me. I want you to see that I'm real. I'm tangible. I'm holdable. I'm touchable. I'm embraceable. I'm a real body. 
Our resurrected bodies are not going to be some disembodied spirit like a ghost or an angel floating around heaven on a cloud playing a harp. Uh Uh-uh. Our resurrected bodies are going to be tangible. They're going to be real. They're going to be touchable. They're going to be holdable. They're going to be embraceable. Jesus said, handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. He said, I'm not a spirit wandering around. I'm real. And your resurrected body is going to be the same way. Real. Real. But it won't be able to get sick anymore. There'll be no more pain. No more depression. No more disease. No more nothing that the fall brought. He reversed the curse. Our resurrected bodies will be perfect, super bodies, glorified bodies, heavenly bodies. When the women were returning from the tomb, it says, Behold, Jesus met them and said, Rejoice. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. You can't hold a spirit by the feet. Then when Jesus appeared to the disciples in the upper room, Thomas had been doubting. He said, I'm not going to believe it unless I can put my finger in the hole in his hand and my hand in his side. And Jesus appeared, and he had to eat warm crow. Because Jesus said to him, Thomas, come here. Now watch what he said to him. Reach your finger here and look at my hands. And reach your hand here and put it into my side. Thomas, put your finger into the hole where the nail went. And put your hand in the side where the sword thrust me through. Thomas, I want you to see I'm a real, tangible, touchable, embraceable, flesh and bone body. I don't think Thomas did it. As a matter of fact, he said, my Lord and my God. I wouldn't have done it either. Now, I got some good news as I get ready to close here. We're also going to be able to eat in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but that's good news for me because I like to eat. We're, we're going to eat in heaven. Now, I'm, I'm going to show you this by the Word of God. I don't say anything I can't show you in the Word of God. But we're going to eat in heaven. Like I said, you won't have to watch calories or diet or cut carbs. Because here's what Jesus did. Jesus said to the disciples... Have you got any food here? He appeared behind closed doors and he said, Have you got any food? What's in the pantry, guys? And the Bible says they gave him broiled fish and some honeycomb and he ate it. He ate it. His resurrected body walked through closed doors defying the principles of science, but he could then at the same time eat. So we're going to be eating in heaven. They gave him broiled fish and honeycomb. And he ate it. So we're going to be eating in heaven. Now, I don't know what it is, but I guarantee it's going to be the ultimate happy meal. It'll be the ultimate happy meal. Did you know that we're told in Psalms that God gave to his people as they journeyed through the wilderness, gave them manna and called it heavenly food? It says in the Psalms, they ate the food of angels. God gave them all they could hold. They ate the food 
of angels. It was God-given, sent from heaven, supernatural food. The book of Revelations tells us something amazing. It says that in heaven, on each side of the river of life grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with fresh crop each month. There's going to be a fruit-bearing tree in heaven that brings forth fresh fruit every month. Now, fruit is not to look at. Fruit is to eat. In heaven, nothing will have to be killed so that we can eat. We will eat supernatural heavenly food, the real, the real angel food cake. Real angel food cake. The prophet Ezekiel said about this tree in heaven, the fruit thereof shall be for meat. So imagine it, a fresh crop of heavenly fruit produced every month from the tree of life is going to be food for the redeemed. We're going to eat. Stand with me, would you? Now I want you to say with me, our new heavenly body will never die. will be glorious and recognizable, real, tangible. And I close with this. They will never experience sickness, pain, or any of the consequences of the fall of man. Listen to this. In heaven, he will wipe away every tear from your eyes. And there will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. All these things are gone forever. Forever. No wonder Paul said, I'm eager. I'm eager to experience this new glorified body. He said, I can't wait. I'm going to hang around on earth for y'all's sake. But if it was up to me, I'd go be with the Lord, which is far better. Can we just lift our hands towards Jesus? He died on the cross that we might experience these things. Not only saved our soul, but brought us a glorified body. A great and a wonderful day is coming, dear church. Let's worship his name right now.